Daniel chapter 7. In the men's meeting, we've been going through uh, 2 Thessalonians, and I peeked ahead in a kind of sparking something for today because I've also been reading in the book of Daniel, and there's most definitely a connection between what's talked about in 2 Thessalonians and what's spoken about in the book of Daniel, as well as the book of Revelation. It talks about the time before Jesus' coming and the revealing of a sinister figure we all know have heard of being the Antichrist. And when when his, his revealing happens, the book of Daniel, as well as the book of Revelation, as well as 2 Thessalonians, tell there's a series of events are going to happen. And, as, and although everything isn't clearly spelled out as, as well as we would like, God has let us know certain things. And there's certain things that are a warning, uh, a reality check, and a sobering about the things that are in there, and also an encouragement. Certain things are going to happen that the book of Revelation says that this person, through the enemy, is going to make war against the saints. So the first one is in Daniel chapter 7. And if we read verses 17 to 22, Dave, if you could read that one. Those great beasts, which are four, are four kings which arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was difficult, different from all others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth, with teeth of, a, of iron, its nails of bronze, which devoured broke in pieces and trampled the residue with its feet and the ten horns that were on its head and the other horn which came up before which three fell namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words whose appearances would was greater than his fellows i was watching and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. War against the saints. We know we're in a spiritual war. The book of Ephesians tells us that. We struggle not against flesh and blood, but it's against spirits and principalities and wicked powers and in high places. So, we already know that, but it's talking about here at the time of the end, the sinister character known as the Antichrist. It says that he's going to make war and prevail against the saints. And I've always kind of tried to find my footing on what this is saying. He says he's going to make war against the saints and prevail against them. And it says in verse 25... 
if you read Dave verses 25 through 27, we follow the, the further. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and a half, and a half time. But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion, to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. But his, excuse me, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Yeah, and this cryptic message, there's some things that aren't cryptic about it, but some are, but it says he's going to wear out or persecute or wear out the saints of the Most High. And the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and the dividing of time. If time is a year, times is two years, that's three years and a half, and dividing of time. So in the book of Revelation, it talks about two, three and a half year periods in the book of Revelation. So it's assumed by many that this is talking about a three and a half year period. When is this going to happen? Are we going to be there? We don't know. All we know is that there's going to be an all-out assault against the saints of the Most High. That's why Jesus talked about it being a time of great tribulation, great trouble. Since there has not been, since the beginning of time, nor shall ever be after that. And if those days will be shortened, no one would survive. But for the sake of my elect, the church, the saints... Those days will be shortened. So it talks about the saints being persecuted, being worn out, being prevailed over, but yet it says the kingdom is given to them. So what, is, what exactly is it saying? Then it's, we follow that also in the chapter 11 of Daniel. Because I've, I've been, to be honest with you, when I've read this at times when I was a younger Christian, I, I was kind of like, well, What's really going on here? What are we seeing here? What is this saying, you know? Chapter 11 and verses 32 to 36. Daniel eleven thirty-two to 36. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And those of the people understand sh- who understand shall instruct many. Yet for many days they shall fall by the sword and flame, by captivity and plundering. Now when they fall, they shall be aided with a little help. But many shall join with them by intrigue. And some of those of understanding shall fall. <laughs> to refine them, purify them, and make them white until the time of the end, because it is still for the appointed time. Then the king shall do according to his own will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every god, shall speak blasphemies against the god of of gods, and shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished. For what has been determined shall be done. So it talks about tribulation here for the church, the sufferings, 
But it also talks about Christians who in the midst of this tribulation and turbulence, it says at the end of verse 32, but the people who know their God will be strong. Dave was talking this morning about knowing God and trusting God and believing in His power and His help and His grace towards us. And it says, those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. That means great things. They'll do great things in the midst of this tribulation, in the midst of this great trial and persecution. It's not going to stop them. They're going to become strong in the face of that. And this is a challenge to us as we see what the future holds and may very well be in our lifetime. We don't know for sure, but there are a lot of signs that say that maybe it is this time. And to prepare and to be strong for this and to take heed to the wake-up call that we hear from the Holy Scriptures, what God is saying. And it also talks about some that fall will be helped. And it says in verse 35, and some of those of understanding shall fall to refine them, purify them, make them white until the time of the end. You see that word refine in there? We talked about the refining fire that Peter talks about. That our faith will be tested by fire. And what is the fire? There's trouble. And even this trouble. So we should not panic or be fearful of trouble, but prepare our hearts in our walk with God to know God and to be strong in the Lord and to seek Him, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to, be, and to, be, uh, to know God for who He really is and His love for us and His grace toward us and His mercy. To know God, those who know God will become strong, even in the face of this. The history of the church tells us that. When there's times of persecution, some do not continue. Jesus said that. It's in the parable of the sower and the soil. That some believe for a time, but in a time of testing and persecution because of the word, Jesus said, They do not continue. They don't continue in the faith. They fall back. But those who the seed fell on good ground will bear good fruit. 30, 60, 100 times as much. And so the refiner's fire will test and purify and refine us in in times of trouble. So from there we go to the book of Daniel, chapter 12, the last book, chap, chapter of the book of Daniel, verses 1 to 4. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time your people shall be delivered, every one who is found written in the book, as many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, 
some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Mm-hmm. Michael the Archangel, who is one of the prominent figures in the book of Revelation, also Revelation chapter 12, mentions Michael, the great prince, he's an he's a a angel of great authority. And it says, And there shall be a time of great trouble, such as never was, since there was a nation even to that time. Jesus said those words. Jesus spoke those same words in Matthew 24. When he's talking about the signs of his coming. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book. We know it's the book of life. In verse 2, it talks about some were raised to everlasting life that died and some to shame and everlasting contempt. You know, one of the things that Justin mentioned in the men's meeting was about the importance of the time that God has given us. That people are going to perish. They're, they're on their way every day. They're on their way to eternal condemnation, eternal destruction. Every single day, there is a river of people that are headed down that path to destruction. And Jesus said, many go there. Many go there. And so, God has given to us, as his ambassadors, that word of reconciliation. Make peace with God. This is an urgent time for us and for our community. We can't reach out to everybody there is in the whole world. But God brings people into our life. Pray for them. And look for, ask God to open doors and make opportunities, and He will. And ask God, pray for God to give us boldness to speak, because many will be enter into everlasting shame and contempt. And it says in the book of Revelation that the smoke of their, their torment shall, and the smoke of their burning and their suffering shall rise up before the throne of God forever and ever. They have no chance of recovery from the lake of fire. This is the stern warning of what's going to happen. And many among us today, that's going to be their end. And Jesus said, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it. And broad is the way, and broad is the gate that leads to eternal destruction. And many go that way. So it says here, in verse 3, those who are wise shall shine, and like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. Like the stars forever and ever. The great reward for a job well done says in the book of Proverbs, he who wins souls is wise. And we don't have to travel the whole world. We don't have to go to the far reaches of the earth. 
for God to use us as ambassadors for him. Right here where we are, in our neighborhoods, in our community, in our workplace, wherever God has us, God can use us. And if we pray and seek him about it, he will use us. He'll open the doors, he'll open people's hearts, and he will give us boldness and courage. Everything we need, he'll give us. And it says, those who turn many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. In the midst of this time of great trial, in the midst of what happened in the future, there are going to be those in the church that are going to turn many to righteousness. That they're not going to be intimidated by the things that are coming on the earth. And if you need any reference for that, look at the book of Acts beginning in chapter chapter 2 and going forward. <clears throat> Verses 7 to 10 of Daniel chapter 12. Then I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven, and swore by him, who lives forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and a half time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, My Lord, what shall the end of these things? What shall the end be of these things? And he said, Go your way, Daniel. For the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white, and refined. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Right. You see that word refined there again. You see the time, times, and a half a time again says the power of the holy people has been completely shattered. And I, we can only speculate on what that means, and I'm not sure. The power of the holy people has been completely shattered. And we don't know for sure what that is. But is it that it's the wrong power? <laughs> that they're going the wrong way? I don't know. But what we know is that it says that it's sealed up until the time of the end. It says it in verse 4. Daniel's told that, and he's told that in verse 9. But if we begin to see these things beginning to happen, it's a message to us. We're nearing the time of the end. When this begins to make sense. It says at the end of verse 4, this is one of the things that some people believe is a key to understanding when the time of the end is. It says, many shall go to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. I've heard preachers say that, you know, it's a speculation, but it's talking about travel. Many shall go back and forth, like traveling, like the way we're able to travel today like never before. We're traveling to other planets, or to other mo- to, uh, to the moon, and to, you know, and going out into outer space, and all kinds of things, sending satellites out, all kinds of things but also being able to travel to the four corners of the earth, anywhere on the earth. You know, and it's a possibility, it's a speculation. But also, 
that knowledge shall increase. And you don't have to look past anywhere past that little gadget that we carry in our pockets or in our or wherever of our own phone and how much knowledge is available at our at a push of a few buttons. How many things are available to us. I remember back in the nineties they began to refer to the time of the nineteen nineties as the information boom. And it's going forward. The knowledge that is available to us now you don't need an encyclopedias anymore. You don't need a dictionary anymore. You just punch a few keys on your on your phone and all that information is right there. You know, if you need to work on your car and do some do-it-yourself things in your car, your bicycle, how to adjust brakes on your bike like I had to a few weeks ago, I haven't done that in, since my kids were little. You know? I went onto YouTube and there it was. It's all right there. Information is just so available, making us so much more... Uh, worldly intelligence is so much more worldly available and what is this telling us here is this that time there's many who believe that this is that time of of the time of the end it's sealed up until the time of the end but many shall be purified made white and refined The wise shall understand this. Those who are wise in the Lord shall understand this. Those who know their God. So the next one is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which we'll be studying this week in the men's meeting, Lord willing. So I'm not going to steal the thunder of it too much. Um, I'll start in verse 3. I'll start this. Uh, Let no one deceive you. Talking about the coming of the day of Jesus. His coming. Jesus' return. Verse 3. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself, above all that is called God, where that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, Only he who restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. And the coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan with all powers, signs, and lying wonders with all unrighteousness, deception, among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this reason God will send them strong delusion, 
that they should believe the lie. And they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. In here again is a stern warning to make peace with God and not to continue in sin, not to walk in the flesh. In the book of Hebrews it talks about warning about not being hardened by sin's deceitfulness. There's a stern warning, and we read them here too. When we read about what's going to happen, it says something's going to happen first before the Antichrist is revealed. And what is that? It refers to it here as a falling away. Uh, in the New American Standard, it refers to it as the apostasy. That Christendom is going to be in tr- is going to have great trouble, and many are not going to continue in the Lord. And it's a warning to know your God, to know our God, and to walk with Him, and to walk in the Spirit, and not to turn to the right or the left of the narrow road but to walk in the grace of God. The grace of God is teaching us, it says in Titus, to deny ungodliness, to deny worldly lust, and to live soberly, to live godly, and to live righteously in this present world. Looking for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's all laid out for us about what our life should be about and what the leading of the Holy Spirit is in our life, whether we recognize it or not. And we may very well be fighting against it. But to sober up and to know and to see what God is saying here. And it talks about the work of the devil is already at work in this world. But it says that there is a restrainer of that. And it says that restrainer is going to be taken out of the way. And some Bible scholars believe that means that restrainer going to be the church I can't say for sure that's what it means but Jesus says we are the light of the world and we are the salt of the earth and all of a sudden there's a restrainer of evil taken out of the way and the Holy Spirit walking through the church maybe it sounds to my mind sounds logical I don't know for sure but all we know is Things are going to happen in the future. Maybe the near future. And today, we don't know. But the important thing is, is to be people of understanding. To To know that we are the children of God, and to know God, and to follow Him soberly, righteously, and holy in this present time. As Peter says, knowing these things are coming, what kind of person should we be in all holiness and godly living? It's not me saying that. It's the New Testament. It's the words of Jesus and the apostles. It says, to those who do not love the truth, would not receive the love of the truth. It says there's going to be a a delusion. God is going to allow a strong delusion to come into this. What's a delusion? If someone's delusional, they're out of touch with reality. They don't understand understand what's going on. 
They become deceived. People are going to be deceived. Even within Christendom. That's what it says when the Antichrist, in the book of Daniel, we read this, is overcoming. Many in Christendom. But many of them are going to go through a process and that God is going to refine them. And they're going to be purified through that process. There's a lot going on here. And I don't have all the answers. But we see something happening here. And there's a message in it for us today as, as believers in Christ. To be at peace with Him. The book of Jude says to keep ourselves in the love of God. Don't forget our calling. Love one another as I have loved you. Love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and all our strength. God is going to put an end to this rebellion in His time. But there's going to be a period where the earth is going to be tried. And so is Christendom going to be tried. Persecuted. Troubled. But the next one is in Matthew 24. We've read many times from just a couple verses in here. Verses 9 to 14, Dave, you could read them. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot said in here. During this time of trouble, it says we'll be hated by all nations. Many will be offended. We betray one another and hate one another. Now, is this within or outside the church? It doesn't say. It says many will be offended. False prophets will rise up and deceive many. Wickedness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. The world is going to be a cold place. But what about the church? Is this what Jesus is talking about? He, and he says right after that, but he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Many will not keep themselves in the love of Christ, in the love of Jesus. Love for God, love for their brothers and sisters, love for their fellow man who's on their way to eternal judgment, not caring about the plight of those who are in darkness, not caring about their end. Keith Green 
the late Keith Green, the, the gospel singer, once sang a song, he said, open up and give yourself away. You see the need, you hear the cry, how can you delay? Talk about people being asleep in the light in Christendom. It's time to wake up and to take heed. And he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. That word endurance is spoken many places in the New Testament. You have a need of endurance. That if you do the will of God, you will receive what's promised. Other places it talks about enduring. Continuing on. He that continues until the end. The sum will. That's what Paul was talking about. The great apostasy, a great falling away. Falling away from who? From what? Falling away from Christ. Verse 36. But the Son of Man, but the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Two men will be in the field, one taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one taken and one left. I referred to this last week a little bit. And the important thing here is that it's going to be a time like the time of Noah. The earth was very troubled and full of violence and corruption. And Jesus said it will also be like the days of Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. A time of sexual perversion and corruption of all kinds and violence. And it says that they didn't know until the day that God's people were brought to safety. It was like business as usual. They're drinking and, and eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. And this is a warning that comes out from some in Christendom that Jesus' return may not need anything further to happen. It can come at any time. Now, some think that the temple has to be built first. And we know that the Jews have a plan to rebuild the temple. And there is some who believe that the whole thing with Hamas is about their fear of that the Jews are going to rebuild their temple in Jerusalem because there's also uh, the Dome of the Rock there, which is, a, quote, a holy place of the Muslims. And there's a fear that there, and, and a plan for a war... And the Jews, there's preparation in Israel, in Jerusalem, to rebuild Solomon's temple, the third temple. I can't really, I can't really speculate on any of that. And, I can't, and people who think that the third temple has to be built before Jesus returns, I don't know what to tell them, because Jesus doesn't tell us that. I don't see it. If he does, I don't, I'm not seeing it. Maybe somebody else does. My whole point is, he could come today. He could. One is taken, one is left behind. Two are grinding at the mill, one is taken, one is left behind. In the Gospel of Luke, it says two men are in one bed, one is taken, one is left behind. 
Well, why is one taken and one is left behind? Jesus' parables make it clear. Some are going to be ready, some are not. And that's why the stern warning that comes up next, verse 42. Watch, therefore, because you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Verse 44. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Now some speculate, if we're middle, in the middle of the tribulation, and, all, and we see the stars falling from the heaven, all the things that are going to happen during the tribulation, we're going to expect it then. The Son of Man comes at an hour you don't expect. There's a lot to take in here. Like I said, I don't have the answers exactly how this is all going to pan out. But Jesus is giving us a warning here that it's going to be a surprise. It's going to be a surprise. At a time we don't expect. Suddenly. And, he, and then the, and the rest of the parable, in the parable talks about people watching and, and serving the Lord and, and, and walking with Him and being rewarded. And those who are careless and sloppy about their walk and, and reckless and lived, walked in the flesh, that, that He's going to come at a time that they're not ready for Him. And we read that in the next parable, the parable chapter 25. The parable of the ten virgins. Five were ready, five were not. And the ones who were ready, they came in, entered into the joy of the Lord. They were ready. Five weren't ready. They tried to get ready. It was too late for them. Now is the time to get ready. Now is the time to be prepared. Now is the time to know God and to walk with God. Now is the time. In Matthew 25, at the end of it, he talks about the sheep and the goats. Another parable about Jesus' return. And there are those who are serving him. Inasmuch as you've done it to the very least of my brothers, you've done it unto me. You've given them food. You've given them clothes. You've visited them when they were sick or in prison. And as much as you, Jesus said, as you've done the very least of these, you've done it unto me. And they talk about those, he says, and as much as you have not done it to the least of my brethren, you have not done it unto me. They didn't walk with God. They professed they knew him, but by their, the way they lived, they denied him, as it says in Titus. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The leading of this Holy Spirit leads us right down that straight and narrow road. And there's no mistaking. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. They follow me, and another voice they will not follow. And I give to them eternal life. There is no doubt about the life of those who are in Christ and what their life is about and who they're following and how they're walking. 
They're walking with God. They're walking in the Spirit. He knows them, and they know Him. Revelation 3. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I'm sorry, verse 10, Revelation 3.10. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. This message this letter was sent to the Church of Philadelphia, not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia over in the Middle East. And first century church. And they were a church who was very uh, very well uh, recommended by Jesus. But he says, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world. The hour of tribulation, it says in King James. And many believe that this is a prophetic word to the church and would explain an un, you know, a sudden coming of the church before God's judgment. The sudden coming of Christ for the church before God's judgment. And it's just a, an encouragement prepare for the coming of the Lord. The coming of the Lord is near, it says in one place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no man may take your crown. And then finally, Revelation 12. Revelation 12. Beginning in verse 7. And verses 7 to 12. Dave, if you could read that. Sure. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. Did not love their lives to death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you will dwell in them. Woe the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, 
Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. This is talking about the enemy who accuses us day and night before God. At some point, God's going to just clean them out and say, enough. You're done. You see that in the book of Job, that that this conversation between the devil and, and God, before God's throne where he's accusing Job, if you, if you take away your protector, he's going to curse you to your face. And you see this continuing you know, accusations. But to the church, to those who know God, it says, we overcome him by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. He is not going to overcome us. And this is not something that we should live in fear of what the devil's going to do to us. Don't ever take that out. This is, this is a, a message about us getting right. Us being sober. Us being watchful. Us waking up and being who God has called us to be. Every one of us here. God has a mission and a purpose that he created each one of us in this room for and that if we take heed to him, those purposes will be realized. And he will give us the power and guidance and help and teach us and everything we need he will give to us. Everything we need for life and godliness is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. And it says here, the enemy is going to be booted out and come down to the earth. No more. No more being up there. And he has a short time left. And he's going to go to make war. The war against the saints. To know God. And to prepare for whatever the future holds. And to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we will overcome the devil and everything that he does. We will overcome. We will be victorious. And we will be wise. And we will understand. And God will use us. To whatever time of tribulation there is. Praise the Lord. Could I share a psalm that was encouraging uh, to me? Uh, yeah, let, let, I wanted to have Dave comment on this first. Okay. If he wanted to, any of the other brothers comment on this before we get to that. Any brothers want to comment on this before we... I think that, you know, the, the most important, you know, takeaway from all of this is that, again, it's about trusting, you know, in the love of God for our own lives. It's a very personal, a personal thing because you can't ride the coattails of anyone else. You can't, you can't, when, when, when tribulation and everything comes upon this earth, if you're not grounded in the truth and in the Word of God, and it's alive in you, and it's, you know, God, God is, is bringing it to the surface in that moment, in that time, and you're by faith, you know, holding on to it with a great, you know, trust in the promise that He's made to you individually, me individually, we won't stand, you know, and that's, that's going to be, 
the, the telltale of our faith. You know, was our faith built on sand or was it built on the rock? And, you know, for, for us now, as Ron was just saying, we need to take this so seriously because the, the foolish virgins, they didn't take it seriously. They thought that they'd have plenty of time and that they'd be able to run out and buy, you know, the oil they needed for their lamp. But Christ isn't going to tell us when He's going to come. God, the Father, isn't going to tell us when Christ is going to return. It's just going to happen, and we're going to be unaware of it. And it's those who are constantly looking for His coming are the ones who are going to be ready. So, you know, the 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 experiencing the love of Christ is what compels us. I go back to that. So if we're experiencing the love of Christ on a daily basis, we're going to be we're going to be looking for him because we want to see him. We want to we want to meet him. We want to experience him more even more fully. We're going to be, you know, in love with with this the the appearing of Christ. And so our lives are going to be you know, they're going to be it's the the sin and the and the things that to beset us. They're going to be filtered out by the purifying of love. God says that those who fear have not been perfected in love. So, this is all about the love of God and and believing it for ourselves. And if we do that, we're going to be found ready, and we're going to. You know, go home with the Lord to to live an eternity of, of glory, sharing in His glory. You know, so there's nothing more important. There's nothing more important that we can be doing. Yeah. And and along these lines, uh, one thing <clears throat> that the Lord has been growing me up in is that you know, you know, the knowledge of His grace, whether we're doing well or whether we stumble and fall, um, you know. God's grace to us is our, uh, He blesses us not because we deserve it, but because of His grace, because of His undeserved favor. So, you know, uh, a righteous man falls seven times, yet shall he rise again. So when we do sin, you know, uh, we confess our sins and He says He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Therefore, we don't, you know, throw a pity party for ourselves, we get back up and continue knowing that we're completely cleansed again by the blood of Jesus. And we continue on in a clear conscience with the Lord. And, you know, uh, and because of His grace, that's why he's, His goodwill is shown towards us. That's how, why He blesses us, not because of the quote-unquote good things that we do. And He really, it's important that we be established and understand that you know, it's by His grace that we have anything good. It's by His grace that we stand. And I've been growing in the knowledge of that grace. You know, I'm not, you know, sometimes I would just throw myself a pity party or, you know, um, you know, and just stay at that place. But I'm learning more to get up and continue faster with a clear conscience, knowing that I'm completely cleansed and that, you know... <coughs> I'm right with God by His grace.